Welcome to episode eight of You're Not Alone with Miss Pam. This episode is titled, What's It Like Having the Spirit of God Living in Me? Hello, young warrior. When you have a new life in Jesus Christ, you will never be alone again. God keeps his promise that he will never leave you or forsake you. Now that your life belongs to Jesus, you may think the battle is over. Not so. You will still encounter difficulties internally and externally as a child of God. However, the good news is that you are not alone to face these challenges in your daily life because God will be with you and in you to overcome them by his word and his spirit. That is why Jesus prayed to the Father for every child of God to receive God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The moment we accept Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit begins the lifelong process of cleansing us and changing us to live as children of God. Listen to the following stories of two young warriors in the early stage of their new lives in Christ. First story. There was nothing shy about this young eighth grade girl. She always wore her lanyard around her neck that said, Jesus loves me. She did not mind telling others that she is a Christian. She wanted everyone to respect her, but she did not show the same respect to others. She had a mouth on her that would retaliate to classmates and teachers alike. One day, she and another girl started arguing in class. When they left the classroom, the argument escalated into a physical fight in the hallway. This resulted in both girls getting two days suspension out of school. Her teacher thought this girl must not know what it means to be a child of God because her talk and actions are just like any other sinner. So when the girl returned to school, her teacher decided to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her. She began the conversation by asking her student, if you belong to Jesus, why are you so disrespectful to teachers, classmates, and yourself? The girl immediately responded in protest by telling her teacher, you have no right to question my salvation in Jesus. She got up and walked out the classroom. 
and the teacher was left thinking, what did she say wrong? Second story. This 10th grade boy was forced to go to church every Sunday with his mom. She made it clear to him that as long as you live under my roof and under my care, you must go to church. So he went reluctantly and begrudgingly. One Sunday, a great change occurred in him. At the end of the message, the pastor gave an invitation for anyone to receive Jesus as your savior. Before he could think twice, this boy was on his feet and walking to the front of the church. That day, he prayed with the pastor to repent of his sins and commit his life to Jesus Christ. About a month later, his mother gets a call from the teacher that they needed to have a conference with her about her son. Since school started, this mother and the teacher had had several phone conversations about her son, cutting class or being disruptive. She wondered what had happened to require a conference this time. At the conference with his teacher, the assistant principal, and her son, the mother learned that her son's recent incidents were smoking on school grounds and threatening to hurt his history teacher. The assistant principal informed the mother that her son will be suspended out of school for three days. His mother sat there shocked, hurt, and embarrassed for her son and herself. When she got home, she questioned him. Why would you disrespect me and yourself like that? When you committed your life to Jesus, were you pretending to repent of your sins? Do you think you can fool God? In both of these stories, the parent and the teacher made a serious error in placing the responsibility of a young person to change yourself. Yes, you can change your hairstyle, your clothes, or your school, but only the Almighty God can transform us into new people in Christ. So how does this happen? As soon as a newborn baby leaves the mother's womb, this baby needs to be cleaned up immediately. As the baby continues to grow from infancy to school age, the parent bathes and dresses the child regularly for the next six or seven years. In other words, parents are responsible to take care of the personal needs of their children. I share this analogy because God the Father is responsible to spiritually cleanse and change his children's lives from the moment they surrender to him. The Lord began his transforming process in me when I asked Jesus to forgive me and be my personal savior. 
And that moment, I felt clean on the inside, like I was filled with fresh air. Saying a prayer for salvation is the first step for receiving a new life in Christ. But the battle is not over. There are continuous prayers needed to continue the transforming process. A few days after committing my life to Jesus, my soul and body wanted to continue my habits of sin, lying, cursing, drinking alcohol, getting high, and having premarital sex, to name a few. The Lord knew when I came to him that I had been living this way for over 20 years, but that did not stop him from loving me and saving me. I believe the two young warriors in the earlier stories had accepted God's gift of salvation. I wonder if they knew that this means God the Father wants to continue cleansing and changing them. Which brings me to this question. How does God cleanse us and change us? Conviction is God's way of telling my conscience that I need to repent of habits that are disobeying God's word. As I grow in my Christian life, the Holy Spirit uses God's word to convict me of sinful habits. He does this when I hear a minister teach or preach a message, when someone shares a verse with me one-on-one, or when I am praying and reading the Bible alone. The Holy Spirit convinces me of truth, letting me know what action, word, or thought is displeasing to God. Then he gives me the opportunity to repent of this sin. It took some time after accepting Christ that I started recognizing the Holy Spirit's conviction in my life. At times, I would repent right away. Other times, I ignored the Holy Spirit's conviction. Whenever I ignored his conviction, my heart and my hearing became insensitive to his voice. Then, I felt like God was so distant from me, even though he wasn't. Thank God. Our Heavenly Father's love is patient, kind, and enduring to take the rest of our lives to transform us. Listen to the following verses declare God's amazing love by the Holy Spirit to convict us, forgive us, and cleanse us from all our sins. First verse, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. Second verse, but if we confess our sins to him, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Last verse. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. I want to end this episode, as I have done in the previous ones, by praying with you that the Holy Spirit shows you what it is like to have him living in you. Father God, I am your child because I believe Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead for my sins. I cannot change my old habits that displease you, but you can. Thank you for loving me anyway and sending the Holy Spirit to live in me forever. I surrender myself to you, Holy Spirit. When I hear God's word, when I read God's word and pray God's word, do the cleansing of my heart and the renewing of my soul by your power and presence in my life. In the name of Jesus, amen. This eighth episode was inspired by God's word. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Verse 9, from the New Living Translation. You may have heard things in this episode that brings more questions than answers to you. I want you to know that you're not alone. Please feel free to email me your questions, concerns, or comments. I want to help you understand your new life in Christ. My email is you not alone for life at gmail.com. Y O U N O T A L O N E, the number four L I F E at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you will join me for the next episode of You're Not Alone.